Have you ever felt like there was something about you that would keep your voice from certain opportunities, careers, or stages? Maybe you're the wrong race, the wrong gender, wrong size, too old, too young, too dark, too light, too weird, too loud, too shy. How about being too blind? In this episode, I introduce you to Lachi, a highly successful force of nature who fully embraces and uses her blindness to make the entertainment industry a place where the disabled are successful and where universal access is the norm. Wait till you hear where her voice is successfully performing. And after listening, don't be surprised if you feel a fire in your own gut to think outside the box of your perceived limitations and go after some dream you may have tucked away. Let's do it. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. I can fix you, I can teach you. Lachi is an award-winning creative artist and EDM singer-songwriter whose works have debuted on national dance charts and editorial lists, amassed millions of streams, and found placements on TV, radio, and feature film. Legally blind, Lachi advocates for disability inclusion, equity, and accessibility in music and the entertainment industries. She sits on leadership councils and boards, hosts a digital segment for PBS, co-chairs a committee for the Grammys, founds a powerful coalition, does keynotes and think tanks in places like the Kennedy Center. She's been featured in publications including Forbes, the New York Times, American Songwriter, Essence, Music Tech Magazine. She was recently interviewed by the White House. She skydives and so much more. (laughs) You know what? Let's just meet her. Welcome to All Things Vocal, Lachi. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, Lachi, she, her, black girl, cornrows, shiny nails. (laughs) Where are you coming to me from? Where are you sitting? I am in my studio in uh, New York City, Manhattan, the reclaimed land, the Lenape people lands. Uh I am really excited to be here (laughs) and show off my... Manhattan attitude, girl. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you've got such an interesting journey. Take me into and take us into your early journey. Why with all of the array of abilities and talents and intelligence that you have, did you decide to make a career out of music? (laughs) What led you into singing? Actually, I actually believe that creating art is probably one of the most complex things that that someone can do. It's definitely something that says, I uh, have all of my intellectual Maslow's needs met. So now it is time for me to go above and beyond and create something uh, to give back to the world artistically. And I've always had music sort of in my soul and in my heart. I didn't necessarily come from a musical family. Don't tell my mom. Yeah. She cannot sing one note. <laughs> <laughs> Not like we see Whitney Houston's mom, huh? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But she was always in yeah. choirs. It was just adorable. Um, so, uh, but you know what? I, being that I was blind, uh, a blind child, my parents, they really had me at the hip. They said, we want to make sure that you have a career, a fallback. So they threw me into school, college. They said, make sure that you get a day job, which Smart I did. Smart mama and papa. Yeah, but you know what? I didn't thrive at my day job. I actually did not 
intake. Uh, what what is the word? I, I just didn't retain uh, anything that I was learning, anything that I was doing, and I really did not honestly care about anything that I was doing at my job, at school. All I cared about was making music, creating, even drawing, painting, art, anything yeah. art was all I ever wanted. And and my big dream was to become this big time novelist slash musician slash actress slash and I was living in the South. And so, and then living in New York City, it was all this big dream that everyone was just like, uh, yeah, I don't know about that little girl. Um, and so I, I said, you know what? Listen, I am determined to have all of these little dreams that I had when I was four become my reality. And honestly, I personally believe that I actually have my blindness to thank for that. It kept me sort of a little eccentric and a little off the beaten path. Uh, it kept me driven. And it kept me, uh, it allowed me to really be the black sheep. Everyone kind of assumed I'd be a little artsy fartsy. <laughs> so so I, I took that and I ran with it. You're realizing not only your dreams, but beyond what your dreams were as a little girl from everything I know about you. It's amazing. So because it's such a part of your journey, tell me about losing your sight and how it came to be and how you've come to make good peace with it. Yeah, well, I was always, you know, I was born low vision. So I always had issues with my sight and we were always trying different glasses and contacts that weren't necessarily really giving me what I needed. And uh, because of that, like I said, it, it was part of my life growing up. So it's not like one day later in life, I came into being blind. I always uh, had this to, to sort of deal with and it allowed me to really adapt to things quickly that along with my parents always kind of moving around a lot, but I was just always able to adapt to different people, different situations. However, more recently, like over like the last like four years, I got a diagnosis that was basically like, hey girl, you're gonna go from low vision to like no vision real soon. So you better get your act together. Um, so right now I'm losing my vision. It's rapidly degrading. Now, people are like, oh my God, Lachi, I'm so <laughs> sorry. But you know what? <laughs> it's actually, it's put a fire under my butt. It's really allowed me to jump up and go, you know what? That's it. We're doing this now. Like the little things that I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that one later in life. It's like, nope, we're doing it today. And then the next thing on the bucket list is tomorrow. And then the next thing on the bucket list is day three. And so it's allowed me to have this YouTube series that I have where I'm, like you said, uh, jumping out of airplanes and spelunking and and just hobnobbing with celebs and I love that byline that you use a lot. So apparently, a blind girl can da 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> a blind girl, yeah. Thank you, because it's like you know what? Anything. This is what I tell people. I'll say anything you can do, I can do blind. So, <laughs> honestly, my life. What what is the word? I keep trying to figure, I keep forgetting the saying, but it's basically that my life happiness or my life fulfillment increases as my blindness decreases. Oh man. And the world is changing so rapidly that whether it's blindness or whatever it is that's changing for everybody, I'm totally with you about like, take the world as it really is. Mm -hmm. Like don't ever take the wings off your dreams, but right. grounded in reality deal with what really is, and then figure out what to do with it. 
Yeah. And honestly, and don't let other people point you in directions you don't really want to go. Yeah. You have to have a passion. Uh, I think that tells you what river you're supposed to swim in. I like to think of it like that. Like mm-hmm. everybody's got a particular river they need to swim in. Sometimes the river changes a little bit, but yeah, I know in my crazy career it has, but you've got to feel led down that river to be satisfied and to give your best within that river. You know, there's an old adage that says your vocation should be where your passion meets the world's needs. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly agree with that because, you know, for a long time in my life, I was trying to fit into different boxes and being like, well, if I'm going to be a singer, I need to sing like this. Uh, I'm a black girl, so maybe I'm supposed to look like this and sound like this. Yeah. But it turns out that everyone is their own individual thing. Mm -hmm. There is no market competition for you. There is no competition with originality. Yeah. You're you. And so be just the you sell you. And there is a need for you or else you wouldn't be here. So I wholeheartedly agree uh, with that on many levels for sure. All right. My research tells me that you're an activist intent on changing the world from within meaning very practically changing the world, not just griping about it. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And indeed, you've gotten, as you say, on hot seats and on boards, board positions that come with power to make a difference. Um, I'd love to hear about the coalition that you founded that you call RAMPT. That's a cool acronym, which stands for Recording Artists and Music Professionals with Disabilities. RAMPT. Yes. That reaction is exactly what I cool. want. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, yes. Well, you know what? Listen, so I am a recording artist and music professional with a disability. But, you know, if you if you see me, you think, wow, she is super accomplished. She has a lot going on. She's a professional. To a lot of folks in the non-disabled world, they look at me and they go, wow, she's the only one I've ever seen or wow, she. And the truth of the matter is, is that I have tons of friends and colleagues who identify as having a disability, a rare disease, deafness, uh, neurodiversity that are accomplished musicians that have millions of streams as well, that have placements, that have played with other famous people or are big names themselves. And they're not, a lot of them are afraid to come out and be open about it or others are afraid to be proud of it. So they don't even let people know their accomplishments. They hide behind them because they feel that they need to just be uh, thankful or they'll, they'll come off as, you know, this way or that. In my day back when, it's not that way anymore, thank God, but a recording artist wouldn't tell anybody in the, that would tell, take it to the public that they were taking vocal lessons because they were supposed to be you know, just naturally pop out of the womb, being able to do what they do, you know, and not ever experience any vocal damage or anything like that. And now, thank goodness, it's it's not that way. People are being more authentic. And uh, that's a good thing, isn't it? It is a very good thing. And and I I mean, that's what Ramped is about, allowing people to be able to be themselves, be proud of themselves, and to come out loud and proud. We advocate for accessibility. We advocate for uplifting disability culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, listen, I am very proud of being blind. I'm very proud of being a black woman. I have all sorts of things. I have taken vocal lessons. This hair is fake. I got fillers, which I don't care. I have makeup on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we should be 
proud of who we are. And it's not just being proud because of your disability or proud because maybe you are a minority gender or a minority race, but just being proud. It's such a difficult river to swim. Like you say, there's so much coming down at us for us to not be proud of our accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And it helps others that are like you. It's like you say, it's not just for you. It makes other people, you know, able to look at you as an inspiration and go, I'm going to claim that too, because that's true for me. And I'm going to tell people. Yeah. One thing that I noticed when I was younger was that I personally didn't have any role models that really fit the mold. Yeah. You know, yes, there were female singers that were doing great. Yes, there were, you know, black basketball players being awesome. But there weren't a lot of black females, uh, but there definitely weren't people with disabilities that I could see like on TV or hear on the radio or, or like Google on YouTube even. And so I was like, you know what? I want to be that someone and I want to start collecting all these amazing people because the next generation deserves it. The next generation deserves people that they can look up to so they don't have to run as far as we had to run to just get a third of the way. Um, and so that's what Ramped is. And Ramped has done a lot. We're not only, Ramped is not a service to people with disabilities. Ramped is a service to the music industry. Love that. Well, we're here to get the music industry on the right side of this conversation. We don't want a George Floyd of disability before people start thinking about this stuff. We need to have accessibility at shows. We need to have representation in the boards, not just me on every single board. We need to have, you know, captions for people who are hard of hearing. We need to have descriptions for people who uh, need it because of vision loss. And we just need to consider universal design because it turns out that things that are designed universally are amazing for everyone. Amazing for everyone. Did you know that text messaging, did you know that text messaging was created by a deaf couple so that they can communicate from afar? And now we lose it so much that it's like commonplace, but it was originally made for disability. So once we start making things with disability in mind, it's only better for everyone. I never even thought about it before, really, but Andre Bocelli is blind. Yes, Andre Bocelli is blind. You just sort of take that for granted. Where would we be without Andre Bocelli in the world? I myself would be a poorer person. I mean, at the end of the day, Demi Lovato is legally blind. Um, Billie Eilish has Tourette's. I mean, these folks yeah. are out here and they have disabilities and, you know, they'll mention it in quick passing in a, in a byline. I'm out here trying to make them say it more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I understand that they don't want to be defined by their disability, but trying to hide it because they think it might make them less than is what you're, you're against, right? So I don't believe anyone should hide any part of themselves. The more you're open about yourself, the prouder you get to be. Now, I'm a little different. Some people may say because I'm here to celebrate my disability. Mm-hmm. So I don't say that I'm a musician who happens to be blind. I say that I am a musician who identifies as blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want people to define me by the things that I am. I walk into a room lachi first. I walk in black first, female first, disabled first, loud mouth first, all the things I am. <laughs> because why should I? There's no order. All of these things that I am mm-hmm. are at the same level when defining. You know, you're right. When I think about defining you by your disability, I think about limiting you by your disability. And so I think you're turning that whole idea of defining yourself a disability on its ear. Yes. A good friend of mine, uh, Galen Lee, she and I, we formed Ramped together. Uh, She co-founded it with me. And 
one of the things that we, we spent a long night discussing this, but disability as a culture, disability culture, celebrating disability is something that really hasn't been done. You know, we mm-hmm. have the, the drag movement and the LGBTQ movement where it has become a culture that folks want to be a part of, folks want to support. We see the rainbow flags being put up at restaurants saying, you're welcome here. We see people wanting to express them. We see people going, well, I guess I am a little gay. Everybody wants to be a part of the culture. We want to start celebrating disability culture because we all come in different bodies. We come with different minds. And those different shapes and forms that we come in affect the way we create. Sure. We're all limited in some way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Galen. So she she has brittle bone syndrome. And so she plays her violin in a very different way than someone who doesn't have it. And because of that, her music is a certain way. And so why not celebrate that mm-hmm. instead of trying to say, oh, well, it's different. Nah, nah, nah. It's different because of the way that she is. Mm-hmm. And you learn things that you don't learn any other way. I've got Crohn's disease. It's completely inactive and has been forever. But when my son was born, I was in the hospital three months intensive care seven weeks and lost an octave and a half of my range, vocal Mm. range from the endotracheal tube. That's why I'm a good vocal coach. Ah. I know what it feels like. And of course I got it all back, but I was told I probably wouldn't. I got it all back, but I know I can work with other people who have those, those issues. And in the old days, I think I would, wouldn't tell anybody, you know, but now I realize what a service it is for people to know. Exactly. And it's so freeing to be someone, let's say someone's in the, in the crowd, in the audience, in the background that hears your story. And then they get to go, oh crap, really? I can just, I've got no excuse. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I can be okay with myself. She's okay with herself. I get to be okay with myself. All right. You're hosting a very special series that I've watched some of on YouTube, blowing my mind. I I have to read this as seen in the LA Tribune. Okay. Okay. Offbeat, which is the name of, of your series, is an award-winning YouTube series documenting Lachi's journey from low vision to no vision, crossing off bucket list goals, and speaking with top influencers like Haben Gurma, Molly Burke, and Lucy Edwards. Lachi also sits down with counterculture celebrities, with political figures, major companies, and national foundations with an aim to mainstream underrepresented cultures. The first episode I watched had you skydiving. What a way to start it. (laughs) Tell us about this crazy series. This series has been so much fun. We actually started it during the pandemic. Wow. But we wanted to really bring fun to the fact that I'm losing my vision. Because you know what? When I got the diagnosis, I immediately thought, how can I capitalize off of this? <laughs> like, it was my first thought. <laughs> how can I use this? Yes, exactly. But it's been, it's first of all, everyone, if you want to just randomly talk to celebrities, just get a series together because everyone just was like, yes, yeah, sure, I'll be on it. Um, <laughs> and so it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, it's, it's allowed me to, to meet a bunch of people, but it's also been really putting a butt, a fire under my butt, a butt under a my butt fire. under your fire. To get out and and do these things. And I think the best part about the series is just what I hear from folks who've watched it going, wow, you know, you really make it so that I am not, you know, I'm proud to be who I am, Uh, especially folks in the in the blind or low vision community. I get a lot of letters of people going, well, I would never skydive, (laughs) but 
I'm really glad that you did. It's really opened my eyes. I've got to tell you, after I watched that, I went to my husband and said, did you ever think about riding in a hot air balloon? Because skydiving wasn't it, but hot air balloon we could do. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. That's to be, to be thought about. But anyway. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> you're a great host. You're great with people. I mean, that's a skill that not everybody has to be on camera and just make that connection with people in the camera so well. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that because, um, actually that series was what got me the, the PBS gig I got. I was like, Whoa! they saw that and they were like, they contacted me from that series. The American master series, right? Renegade. Tell me about it. Yes. Well, before I even get into that, I was a super shy kid. I didn't have <laughs> like any, well, you know, I had friends, but I was always the quiet one in the group and I was always afraid and shy. And, and even now I'm still getting like, goosebumps after a heavy interview. But, you know, yeah, I don't know what did it. But I do know that I have my blindness to thank for it. Because I know I, I used to go into rooms and just be a wallflower because I was afraid I didn't know I couldn't see. But now I just go into rooms and I go, I'm blind. Can, if anyone can see my hand, shake it. Wow. <laughs> so, but that the PBS series was a lot of fun, namely because well, we were highlighting folks with disabilities who are amazing. Mm -hmm. Um and, and I got to be the one to do it, to tell that story. We told the story of Kitty O'Neill, who's a deaf race car driver, a stunt woman and all of that. And uh, it was just really fun. They wanted me because they saw that I was, obviously I had a disability, so it helped with the authenticity, uh, but also because I was, you know, adventurous and just talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it was definitely an honor and a big shout out to Day Al Muhammad. She's a director. Uh, she's also blind as well. And Amanda Gordon, who is deaf. So our, our crew was uh, deaf and blind. So it's just huh. great. Wow. <laughs> really great experience. Oh, you want another cool thing? My whole team is deaf and blind for the most part. Uh, my team. So my manager is blind. Uh, my ops guy has a neurodiversity. My literary agent is deaf. My assistant is blind. And then everyone else in my team is uh, within the disability or DEI community. So oh, you practice what you preach. Just the whole thing, girl. We ain't playing out here. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. <laughs> All right. You are not the norm, but you are fully human. Yeah, check your pulse. I don't think there's like, you know, electricity down there. I think it's that it's frequencies, but not electricity. Okay. <laughs> where others get stopped seems to be right where you begin your best work, Lachi, and where you get inspired. Where do you get that inner strength? What would you say is your North Star? Ooh. Wow. <laughs> that's so cool. That is a very good way of putting that question. So it's interesting that I don't often get that question, but I think that that really what it is, is that I am what I call a triple threat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, while I can, I can sing, dance, and I guess act, uh, that's not what I mean. I mean, I am black, I'm a racial minority, I'm a gender minority, and I have a disability. And, you know, it, it takes a lot to be able to be when you're those three things, especially in American society, there's a, you know, there are so many double standards. There are so many double negatives. There are so many double thises and double thats that get thrown in your way all the time. And like, for instance, just trying to, to live and operate in the workplace as a black woman was very difficult. You know, people would, would assume I'm aggressive, right? When I'm just like a pretty happy go lucky person. And so I would find myself in two different worlds trying to figure out how do I 
you know, navigate this. Mm-hmm. And so what it ends up making you do is become very, very good at creative thinking, at making up option C that, that doesn't exist. And when you become that person that can always see an answer outside of the box, you know, you're no longer really driven. It's just part of your norm. It just becomes who you are. So when people go, Lachi, you're so driven, you're so determined. It's like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just vibing. This is just the Lachi vibe. (laughs) You know, I I tell people all the time, people get confused about what art uh, is supposed to do. And my suggestion is that it's supposed to deliver messages that get responses. Mm -hmm. When that's what you're doing with your work, you're delivering messages and you expect a response back. That focuses you, That's that keeps you from having stage fright, uh, and that even keeps us out of depression because it's no longer about us. Right. And then the joy comes through. It's the funniest thing. When we are giving out, what we're giving out runs through our bodies and our psyches and our minds, and we become valuable. And in being valuable, we yeah. become satisfied. Is, does that make sense? I agree. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're a vessel. Artists are a vessel, right? And I think that, you know, w- what gets me excited uh, about art, and especially marrying it with my activism, is that, you know, it all depends on the intention of why you're creating the art. For me, I love to give voice to that thing that someone didn't know they could say. An emotion that they didn't know that they could feel and that they didn't know that they were allowed to say, allowed to feel. And so I love giving voice to that. For instance, yes, I'm a musician. um, And yes, I, I do speaking engagements where I speak in English about things. But honestly, I think that a lot of my art really just comes from my showcase of who I am. So one of the things that I do is as a blind woman, I'm fashionable. I love to look good. Okay, girl. And let me tell you this right now, a white cane does not match all my outfits. So what we do, (laughs) what I do is I paint my canes. I have them painted and that they'll be glitter. I have glitter canes. And so that is what I see as art saying, hey, this is my disability and I am going to be artistic about that part of me. I used to have straight, long, like, hair that was obviously not mine. And now I celebrate braids because I'm like, hey, I'm Black. I'm going to bring art to my Blackness. Um, so to be able to to take art yeah. and put it with who I am to say to people, hey, you can feel this way, too. You can feel awesome. You can celebrate yourself, too. Uh, that is the vessel in the art that makes me happy. That makes me feel good. That makes me feel valued. And that makes me feel like the Lord or Gaia or whatever uh, is using me for that. So how do you balance your music career, your multi-layered advocacy work, promoting both and just breathing? When's, when is the last time Lachi had a vacation? Oh, wow. A vacation. I mean, you know, it's, you know how they say it's not really work if you love it, right? You know, it, I'm finally getting to do everything I've always really wanted to do. I mean, we started this conversation off of me saying when I was four, I wanted to be a a big musician. I wanted to be a author and I wanted to be a this and a that. 
and then I'm doing all of those things. But the interesting thing about it is, is like about four years ago, mm-hmm. maybe like 2018, I was doing all of that. Like I, I was doing music. I was, I had a fancy literary agent. I was living in New York, but I didn't feel successful. Right. Because I just felt like I was in the grind. But now that I've come out about my blindness and married in my advocacy, I will lie in bed waiting for the sun to come back up so I can get back to work. (laughs) Be like, I want to get back to doing this because it's so invigorating. It's so much fun. Here's a great example. So with Ramped, we go around and we help make um, music award shows accessible. So, you know, making sure there's a visible ramp, making sure there's ASL on the stage, making sure there's captioning, making sure people use uh, audio descriptions of themselves, visual description, all of that kind of stuff. We've done it at Mm -hmm. different award shows here, there, wham, bam. And I'm not on the stage half the time. I'm just in the background trying to make it work. And when I see the work that we've done, like it's hours, it's countless hours coordinating this person, that person. Everybody's annoyed with me because I'm done. I'm getting everyone to do things. It's the best feeling. I will be like when I watch the award show, my eyes just, <laughs> just crying my eyes <laughs> because it's just the best feeling. And the work is to me not hard. It's just love. I hear you. It's just love. <laughs> Well, with a voice like yours, and you're a, you're an incredible songwriter in a lot of places, but we didn't gotten into that. But with a voice like yours, I can imagine that you do some things to take care of your instrument. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do for your voice, since this is all things vocal? <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest things is a just treating like. You know, I, I shower in the morning, but I, I feel like we should kind of take care of our, our vocals the way we just like take care of ourselves. If you start to get tired, you go to sleep. If you start to feel stinky, you, you know, put on things to make you not smell bad. I feel like that's what uh, we do should do with our vocals. Um, I think I focus the most mm-hmm. on breathing, just breathing exercises and making sure that like the, the instruments or the valves are as healthy as possible. Uh, because there's a difference between going, ah, and going, ah. So just making sure that the breath <laughs> is right uh, is the number one thing that I focus on. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Also, of course, I warm up. Um, you know, it's funny. People think like, like you mentioned, it's like, oh, no, you know, I have a singer who just jumps on stage and doesn't warm up. Pop up there and bellow. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And you know what, though? When people say things like that, it's kind of like, well, good for them. Yeah. Um, I hope that that works out for them later in life as well, (laughs) but it might not. (laughs) So they may want to get into this. I mean, you don't want people to go, oh my gosh, her vocal technique is really good. (laughs) You want people just to go, oh my God. Right. Well, yeah. It's (laughs) like at the end of the day, people need to recognize that it's good to be healthy. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) And drink enough water and do a couple of vocal exercises before a long concert, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Because I found myself when I was younger, I remember we did this ridiculous tour. I mean, just Mm -hmm. day after day after day after day. And um, we, I was just singing and I was drinking. Like, you know, I was a kid. I was drinking, singing. We had just got signed. It was just crazy. And like a couple weeks in, my voice was gone. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. zero. And we just had shows to do. We had people coming. We had um, execs that were showing up to these shows that had already signed up. We had fans coming. I couldn't do it. I couldn't sing. Um, And so that was an early lesson learned where it was like, oh, wait. So you mean I got to 
<laughs> Job security for me, girl. <laughs> so, so I encourage folks to don't be, don't be dumb guys. Just, you know, work on it. <laughs> well, Lachi, you are such a light out there and, uh, I'm so glad to meet you. Uh, where can we find you and all you have going on? I know I've got a couple of, uh, l- links here. Uh, so go ahead. Tell us. Well, if you're looking for all things Lachi, you can find me at Lachi Music. That's L-A-C-H-I-M-U-S-I-C. That's, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all the places. Um, and then I'm on my website as well, where you can find like my later shows. I would encourage folks, whether you have a disability or not, to check out ramped.org. And you can sign up there for our mailing list. You can sign up there to, to get more involved. Uh, our newsletter uh, lets folks know what we're up to, what the musicians are up to, uh, but also just ways you can get just more involved in being a part of this really amazing movement, getting music award shows accessible, getting venues accessible, getting more folks with disability on screen, on stages from the green room to the boardroom. So check us out at ramps.org. And if you go there, you can also find out all of our social links too. So. How do you spell that, Ramped? R-A-M-P-D. D. Okay, cool. Yes. All right. Well, please keep in touch. And uh, I'm just going to be watching all the things that you're doing out there. And uh, again, it's thank you so much for joining me for All Things Vocal. It's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much. <laughs> and it's just been an honor. Thank you so much. And that wraps up this episode. Again, my deepest thanks to Lachi for sharing her amazing journey with us. Want to support this podcast? Please leave a review, especially at iTunes if you can, and subscribe so you don't miss another episode. This is your host, Judy Rodman. You can always find me at judyrodman.com. See you next time for All Things Vocal, the podcast for voices whose messages matter.